Paper 3. The Attributes of the First Source and Center. The first source and center is everywhere present. The universal source rules the circle of eternity, but also rules in the local universes in the persons of the local universe creators, even bestowing life through these creators. The local creators are the personal expression of the universal source in the sectors of time and to the children of the whirling planets of the evolving universes of space. The highly personalized children of the universal creator are clearly discernible by the lower orders of created intelligences, and they compensate for the invisibility of the infinite and therefore less discernible paradise source. The local universe creators are a revelation of an otherwise invisible being, invisible because of the absoluteness and infinity inherent in the circle of eternity and in the personalities of the paradise deities. Creatorship is hardly an attribute of the first source and center. It is rather the aggregate of the source's acting nature. And this universal function of creatorship is eternally manifested as it is conditioned and controlled by all the coordinated attributes of the infinite and divine reality of the first source and center. We sincerely doubt whether any one characteristic of the divine nature can be regarded as being antecedent to the others, but if such were the case, then the creatorship nature of deity would take precedence over all other natures, activities, and attributes. And the creatorship of deity culminates in the universal truth of the parenthood of our Creator. Section 1. The First Source and Center's Everywhereness the ability of the universal source to be everywhere present and at the same time constitutes omnipresence. The source alone can be in two places, in numberless places at the same time. The source is simultaneously present everywhere. The universal source is always present in all parts and in all hearts of the far-flung creation. It is literally true that our Creator is all and in all. But even that is not all of the first source and center. The infinite can be finally revealed only in infinity. The cause can never be fully comprehended by an analysis of effects. The living Creator is immeasurably greater than the sum total of creation that has come into being as a result of the acts of the Creator's unfettered free will. The source is revealed throughout the cosmos, but the cosmos can never contain or encompass the entirety of the infinity of the first source and center. The omnipresence of the first source and center is in reality a part of the Creator's infinite nature. Space constitutes no barrier to deity. The source is, in perfection and without limitation, discernibly present only on paradise and in the central universe. 
The source is not thus observably present in the creations encircling Havona, for the Creator has limited direct and actual presence in recognition of the sovereignty and the divine prerogatives of the coordinate creators and rulers of the universes of time and space. Therefore, the concept of the divine presence must allow for a wide range of both mode and channel of manifestation, embracing the presence circuits of the eternal spirit, the infinite mind, and the isle of paradise. Nor is it always possible to distinguish between the presence of the universal creator and the actions of the creator's eternal coordinates and agencies. So perfectly do they fulfill all the infinite requirements of the creator's unchanging purpose. But not so with the personality circuit and the adjusters. Here, our Creator acts uniquely, directly, and exclusively. The Universal Controller is potentially present in the gravity circuits of the Isle of Paradise in all parts of the universe at all times and in the same degree in accordance with the Mass in response to the physical demands for this presence. And because of the inherent nature of all creation, which causes all things to adhere and consist in the universal source. Likewise, is the first source and center potentially present in the unqualified absolute, the repository of the uncreated universes of the eternal future. The universal source thus potentially pervades the physical universes of the past, present, and future. The source is the primordial foundation of the coherence of the so-called material creation. This non-spiritual deity potential becomes actual here and there throughout the level of physical existences by the inexplicable intrusion of some one of the Creator's exclusive agencies upon the stage of universe action. The mind presence of the universal source is correlated with the absolute mind of the conjoint actor, the infinite mind. But in the finite creations, it is better discerned in the everywhere functioning of the cosmic mind of the paradise master spirits. Just as the first source and center is potentially present in the mind circuits of the conjoint actor, so is the source potentially present in the tensions of the universal absolute. But mind of the human order is a bestowal of the children of the conjoint actor, the divine ministers of the evolving universes. The everywhere present spirit of the universal creator is coordinated with the function of the universal spirit presence of the eternal spirit and the everlasting divine potential of the deity absolute. But neither the spiritual activity of the eternal spirit and the local universe creators nor the mind bestowals of the infinite mind seem to exclude the direct action of the thought adjusters the indwelling fragments of the Creator in the hearts of the creature children. Concerning the Creator's presence in a planet, system, constellation, or a universe, the degree of such presence in any creational unit 
is a measure of the degree of the evolving presence of the Supreme Being. It is determined by the en masse recognition of and loyalty to our Creator on the part of the vast universe organization, running down to the systems and planets themselves. Therefore, it is sometimes with the hope of conserving and safeguarding these phases of the Creator's precious presence that when some planets, parentheses, or even systems, and parentheses, have plunged far into spiritual darkness, they are in a certain sense quarantined or partially isolated from interaction with the larger units of creation. And all this, as it operates on Urantia, is a spiritually defensive reaction of the majority of the worlds to save themselves as far as possible from suffering the isolating consequences of the alienating acts of a headstrong, wicked, and rebellious minority. While the universal source parentally encircuits all universe children, all personalities, the source's influence in them is limited by the remoteness of their origin from the second and the third persons of deity, and augmented as their destiny attainment nears such levels. The fact of the source's presence in creature minds is determined by whether or not they are indwelt by creator fragments, such as the mystery monitors. But this effective presence is determined by the degree of cooperation accorded these indwelling adjusters by the minds of their sojourn. The fluctuations of the source's presence are not due to changeableness. The Creator does not retire in seclusion due to having been slighted. The Creator's affections are not alienated because of the creature's wrongdoing. Rather, having been endowed with the power of choice, the Creator's children, in the exercise of that choice, directly determine the degree and limitations of the divine influence in their own hearts and souls. The Creator is freely bestowed upon us without limit and without favor, and is no respecter of persons, planets, systems, or universes. In the sectors of time, the Creator confers differential honor only on the paradise personalities of the sevenfold, the coordinate creators of the finite universes. Section 2. The First Source and Center's Infinite Power Within the bounds of that which is consistent with the divine nature, it is literally true that with the universal source all things are possible. The long-drawn-out evolutionary processes of peoples, planets, and universes are under the perfect control of the universe creators and administrators and unfold in accordance with the eternal purpose of the universal source, proceeding in harmony and order and in keeping with the all-wise plan of a loving creator. There is only one lawgiver who upholds the worlds in space and swings the universes around the endless circle of the eternal circuit. Of all the divine attributes, the source's omnipotence, 
especially as it prevails in the material universe, is the best understood. Viewed as an unspiritual phenomenon, the first source and center is energy. This declaration of physical fact is predicated on the incomprehensible truth that the source is the primal cause of the universal physical phenomena of all space. From this divine activity, all physical energy and other material manifestations are derived. Light, that is, light without heat, is another of the non-spiritual manifestations of the deities. And there is still another form of non-spiritual energy which is virtually unknown on Urantia. It is as yet unrecognized. The Creator controls all power and has ordained the circuits of all energy. The Creator has decreed the time and manner of the manifestation of all forms of energy matter. And all these things are held forever in the Creator's everlasting grasp, in the gravitational control centering on nether paradise. The light and energy of the eternal source thus swing on forever around a majestic circuit, the endless but orderly procession of the starry hosts composing the universe of universes. All creation circles eternally around the paradise personality center of all things and beings. The omnipotence of the first source and center pertains to the everywhere dominance of the absolute level where the three energies, material, mindal, and spiritual, are indistinguishable in close proximity to the source of all things. Creature mind, being neither paradise monota nor paradise spirit, is not directly responsive to the universal creator, who adjusts with the mind of imperfection, with Urantia mortals through the thought adjusters. The universal creator is not a transient force, a shifting power, or a fluctuating energy. The power and wisdom of the creator are wholly adequate to cope with any and all universe exigencies. As the emergencies of human experience arise, the creator has foreseen them all, and therefore does not react to the affairs of the universe in a detached way, but rather in accordance with the dictates of eternal wisdom and in consonance with the mandates of infinite judgment. Regardless of appearances, the power of the Creator is not functioning in the universe as a blind force. Situations do arise in which it appears that emergency rulings have been made, that natural laws have been suspended, that misadaptations have been recognized, and that an effort is being made to rectify the situation. But such is not the case. Such concepts of the first source and center have their origin in the limited range of your viewpoint, in the finiteness of your comprehension and in the circumscribed scope of your survey. Such misunderstanding of the first source and center is due to the profound ignorance you enjoy regarding the existence of the higher laws of the realm, the magnitude of the source's character, the infinity of the source's attributes, and the fact of the source's free willness. The planetary creatures of the Creator's spirit indwelling, scattered throughout the universes of space, are so nearly infinite in number and order 
Their intellects are so diverse, their minds are so limited and sometimes so gross, their vision is so curtailed and localized that it is almost impossible to formulate generalizations of law adequately expressive of the Creator's infinite attributes, and at the same time to any degree comprehensible to these created intelligences. Therefore, to you, the creature, many of the acts of the all-powerful Creator seem to be arbitrary, detached, and not infrequently heartless and cruel. But again, I assure you that this is not true. The Creator's doings are all purposeful, intelligent, wise, kind, and eternally considerate of the best good, not always of an individual being, an individual race, an individual planet, or even an individual universe. But they are for the welfare and best good of all concerned, from the lowest to the highest. In the epochs of time, the welfare of the part may sometimes appear to differ from the welfare of the whole. In the circle of eternity, such apparent differences are non-existent. We are all a part of the family of our divine parent, and we must therefore sometimes share in the family discipline. Many of the acts of deity which so disturb and confuse us are the result of the decisions and final rulings of all wisdom, empowering the conjoint actor to execute the choosing of the infallible will of the universal source, to enforce the decisions of the personality of perfection, whose survey, vision, and solicitude embrace the highest and eternal welfare of all the vast and far-flung creation. Thus it is that your detached, sectional, finite, gross, and highly materialistic viewpoint and the limitations inherent in the nature of your being constitute such a handicap that you are unable to see, comprehend, or know the wisdom and kindness of many of the divine acts, which to you seem fraught with such crushing cruelty, which seem to be characterized by such utter indifference to the comfort and welfare, to the planetary happiness and personal prosperity of your fellow creatures. It is because of the limits of human vision it is because of your circumscribed understanding and finite comprehension that you misunderstand the motives and pervert the purposes of the Creator. But many things occur on the evolutionary worlds which are not the personal doings of the universal source. The divine omnipotence is perfectly coordinated with the other attributes of the personality of the Creator. The power of the Creator is, ordinarily, only limited in its universe spiritual manifestation by three conditions or situations. By the nature of the Creator, especially by the Creator's infinite love, by truth, beauty, and goodness. By the will of the Creator, by the Creator's mercy, ministry, and parental relationship with the personalities of the universe. By the law of the Creator, by the righteousness and justice of the eternal Paradise Trinity. The first source and center is unlimited in power, 
divine in nature, final in will, infinite in attributes, eternal in wisdom, and absolute in reality. But all these characteristics of the universal creator are unified in deity and universally expressed in the Paradise Trinity and in the divine children of the Trinity. Otherwise, outside of Paradise and the central universe of Havona, everything pertaining to the universal source is limited by the evolutionary presence of the Supreme, conditioned by the eventuating presence of the Ultimate, and coordinated by the three existential absolutes, Deity, Universal, and Unqualified. And the Source's presence is thus limited because such is the will of the first source and center. Section 3. The First Source and Center's Universal Knowledge The Universal Creator knows all things. The Divine Mind is conscious of and conversant with the thought of all creation. The Creator's knowledge of events is universal and perfect, the divine entities going out from the Creator are a part of the Creator. The Universal Creator is the only personality in all the universe who does actually know the number of the stars and planets of space. All the worlds of every universe are constantly within the Creator's consciousness. The universal source is possessed of unlimited power to know all things, and this consciousness is universal. The source's personal circuit encompasses all personalities, and the source's knowledge of even the lowly creatures is supplemented indirectly through the descending series of divine beings and directly through the indwelling thought adjusters. And furthermore, the infinite mind is always and everywhere present. We are not wholly certain as to whether or not the Creator chooses to foreknow events of sin. But even if the Creator should foreknow the free will acts of created beings, such foreknowledge does not in the least abrogate their freedom. One thing is certain. The Creator is never subjected to surprise. Omnipotence does not imply the power to do the non-doable, the undeity-like act. Neither does omniscience imply the knowing of the unknowable. But such statements can hardly be made comprehensible to the finite mind. The creature can hardly understand the range and limitations of the will of the Creator. Section 4 the first source and center's limitlessness. The successive self-bestowal of the first source and center upon the universes as they are brought into being in no way lessens the source's potential of power or store of wisdom as they continue to reside and repose in the central personality of deity. In potential of force, wisdom, and love, the Creator has never lessened anything of possession, nor become divested of any attribute of personality as the result of the unstinted bestowal upon the Paradise children, upon subordinate creations, and upon the manifold creatures. The creation of every new universe calls for a new adjustment of gravity, 
and even if creation should continue indefinitely, eternally, even to infinity, so that eventually the material creation would exist without limitations, still the power of control and coordination reposing in the Isle of Paradise would be found equal to and adequate for the mastery, control, and coordination of such an infinite universe. And subsequent to this bestowal of limitless force and power upon a boundless universe, the infinite would still be surcharged with the same degree of force and energy. The unqualified absolute would still be undiminished. The source would still possess the same infinite potential, just as if force, energy, and power had never been poured forth for the endowment of universe upon universe. And so with wisdom... The fact that mind is so freely distributed to the thinking of the realms in no way impoverishes the central source of divine wisdom. As the universes multiply and beings of the realms increase in number to the limits of comprehension, if mind continues without end to be bestowed upon these beings of high and low estate, Still, with the source's central personality continue to embrace the same eternal, infinite, and all-wise mind. The fact that the universal creator sends forth spirit messengers to indwell the mortals of your world and other worlds in no way lessens the creator's ability to function as a divine and all-powerful spirit personality. And there is absolutely no limit to the extent or number of such spirit monitors which can and may be sent out. This giving of spirit messengers to creatures creates a boundless, almost inconceivable future possibility of progressive and successive existences for these divinely endowed mortals. And this prodigal distribution of the Creator's ministering spirit entities in no manner diminishes the wisdom and perfection of truth and knowledge which repose in the person of the all-wise, all-knowing, and all-powerful Creator. To the mortals of time there is a future, but the Creator inhabits eternity. Even though I hail from near the very abiding place of deity, I cannot presume to speak with perfection of understanding concerning the infinity of many of the divine attributes. Infinity of mind alone can fully comprehend infinity of existence and eternity of action. Mortals cannot possibly know the infinitude of the universal creator. Finite mind cannot think through such an absolute truth or fact. But this same finite human being can actually feel, literally experience, the full and undiminished impact of such an infinite creator's love. Such a love can be truly experienced, although while quality of experience is unlimited, quantity of such an experience is strictly limited by the human capacity for spiritual receptivity and by the associated capacity to love the divine parent in return. Finite appreciation of infinite qualities far transcends the logically limited capacities of the creature 
because of the fact that mortals are made in the image of the Creator, there lives within each mortal a fragment of infinity. Therefore, humankind's nearest and dearest approach to the Creator is by and through love, for the Creator is love. And all of such a unique relationship is an actual experience in cosmic sociology, the creator-creature relationship, the parent-child affection. Section 5. The First Source and Center's Supreme Rule In contact with the post-Havona creations, the first source and center does not exercise infinite power and final authority by direct transmittal, but rather through the source's children and their subordinate personalities. And the universal creator does all this through free will. Any and all powers delegated, if occasion should arise, if it should become the choice of the divine mind, could be exercised directly. But as a rule, such action only takes place as a result of the failure of the delegated personality to fulfill the divine trust. At such times and in the face of such default and within the limits of reservation of divine power and potential, the Creator does act independently and in accordance with the mandates of the Creator's own choice. And that choice is always one of unfailing perfection and infinite wisdom. The universal creator rules through the creator's children. On down through the universe organization, there is an unbroken chain of rulers ending with the planetary administrators who direct the destinies of the evolutionary spheres of the universal creator's vast domains. In the affairs of mortals' hearts, the universal creator may not always prevail. But in the conduct and destiny of a planet, the divine plan prevails. The eternal purpose of wisdom and love triumphs. As you glimpse the manifold workings and view the staggering immensity of the universal source's well-nigh limitless creation, you may falter in your concept of the Creator's primacy, but you should not fail to accept the Creator as securely and everlastingly enthroned at the paradise center of all things and as the beneficent parent of all intelligent beings. The uncertainties of life and the vicissitudes of existence do not in any manner contradict the concept of the universal sovereignty of the first source and center. All evolutionary creature life is beset by certain inevitabilities. Consider the following. 1. Is courage, strength of character, desirable? Then mortals must be reared in an environment which necessitates grappling with hardships and reacting to disappointments. 2. Is altruism, service of others, desirable? then life experience must provide for encountering situations of social inequality. Three, is hope, the grandeur of trust, desirable? Then human existence must constantly be confronted with insecurities and recurrent uncertainties. Four, is faith, the supreme assertion of human thought, desirable? 
then the human mind must find itself in that troublesome predicament where it always knows less than it can believe. 5. Is the love of truth and the willingness to go wherever it leads desirable? Then mortals must grow up in a world where error is present and falsehood always possible. 6. Is idealism, the approaching concept of the divine, desirable? Then mortals must struggle in an environment of relative goodness and beauty, surrounding stimulative of the irrepressible reach for better things. 7. Is loyalty, devotion to highest duty, desirable? Then mortals must carry on amid the possibilities of betrayal and desertion. The valor of devotion to duty consists in the implied danger of default. 8. Is unselfishness, the spirit of self-forgetfulness, desirable? Then mortals must live face to face with the incessant clamoring of an inescapable self for recognition and honor. Humans could not dynamically choose the divine life if there were no self-life to forsake. Mortal beings could never lay saving hold on righteousness if there were no potential evil to exalt and differentiate the good by contrast. 9. Is pleasure the satisfaction of happiness desirable? Then mortals must live in a world where the alternative of pain and the likelihood of suffering are ever-present experiential possibilities. Throughout the universe, every unit is regarded as a part of the whole. Survival of the part is dependent on cooperation with the plan and purpose of the whole, the wholehearted desire and perfect willingness to do the Creator's divine will. The only evolutionary world without error, parentheses, the possibility of unwise judgment, and parentheses, would be a world without free intelligence. In the Havona universe, there are a billion perfect worlds with their perfect inhabitants. But evolving mortals must be fallible if they are to be free. Free and inexperienced intelligence cannot possibly at first be uniformly wise. The possibility of mistaken judgment, parentheses, evil, and parentheses, becomes sin only when the human will consciously endorses and knowingly embraces a deliberate immoral judgment. The full appreciation of truth, beauty, and goodness is inherent in the perfection of the divine universe. The inhabitants of the Havona worlds do not require the potential of relative value levels as a choice stimulus. Such perfect beings are able to identify and choose the good in the absence of all contrastive and thought-compelling moral situations. But all such perfect beings are, in moral nature and spiritual status, what they are by virtue of the fact of existence. They have experientially earned advancement only within their inherent status. 
mortals earn even their status as ascension candidates by their own faith and hope. Everything divine which the human mind grasps and the human soul acquires is an experiential attainment. It is a reality of personal experience and is therefore a unique possession in contrast to the inherent goodness and righteousness of the inerrant personalities of Havona. The creatures of Havona are naturally brave, but they are not courageous in the human sense. They are innately kind and considerate, but hardly altruistic in the human way. They are expectant of a pleasant future, but not hopeful in the exquisite manner of the trusting mortal of the uncertain evolutionary spheres. They have faith in the stability of the universe, but they are utter strangers to that saving faith whereby mortals climb from the status of animals up to the portals of paradise. They love the truth, but they know nothing of its soul-saving qualities. They are idealists, but they're born that way, and they are wholly ignorant of the ecstasy of becoming such by exhilarating choice. They are loyal, but they have never experienced the thrill of wholehearted and intelligent devotion to duty in the face of temptation to default. They are unselfish, but they never gained such levels of experience by the magnificent conquest of a belligerent self. They enjoy pleasure, but they do not comprehend the sweetness of the pleasure escape from the pain potential. Section 6. The First Source and Center's Primacy With divine selflessness, and consummate generosity, the universal creator relinquishes authority and delegates power, but is still primal, has reserved all final decisions, and unerringly wields the all-powerful veto of the eternal purpose with unchallengeable authority over the welfare and destiny of the outstretched, whirling, and ever-circling creation. The sovereignty of the universal source is unlimited. It is the fundamental fact of all creation. The universe was not inevitable. The universe is not an accident. Neither is it self-existent. The universe is a work of creation and is therefore wholly subject to the will of the Creator. The will of the Creator is divine truth, living love, Therefore, the perfecting creations of the evolutionary universes are characterized by goodness, nearness to divinity, by potential evil, remoteness from divinity. All religious philosophy, sooner or later, arrives at the concept of unified universe rule of one source. Universe causes cannot be lower than universe effects. The source of the streams of universe life and of the cosmic mind must be above the levels of their manifestation. 
the human mind cannot be consistently explained in terms of the lower orders of existence. Mortal mind can be truly comprehended only by recognizing the reality of higher orders of thought and purposive will. Humans as moral beings are inexplicable unless the reality of the universal creator is acknowledged. Mechanistic philosophers profess to reject the idea of a universal and sovereign will, the very sovereign will whose activity in the elaboration of universe laws they so deeply reverence. What unintended homage the mechanists pay the law creator when they conceive such laws to be self-acting and self-explanatory. It is a great blunder to humanize the creator, except in the concept of the indwelling thought adjuster. But even that is not so mistaken as completely to mechanize the idea of the first great source and center. Does the paradise creator suffer? I do not know. The local universe creators most certainly can and sometimes do, even as mortals do. The eternal spirit and the infinite mind suffer in a modified sense. I think the universal creator does, but I cannot understand how. Perhaps through the personality circuit or through the individuality of the thought adjusters and other bestowals of the eternal nature. The creator unquestionably experiences a parental and sympathetic understanding and may truly suffer, but I do not comprehend its nature. The infinite and eternal ruler of the universe of universes is power, form, energy, process, pattern, principle, presence, and idealized reality. But this creator is more, is personal, exercises a sovereign will, experiences self-consciousness of divinity, executes the mandates of a creative mind, pursues the satisfaction of the realization of an eternal purpose, and manifests a parent's love and affection for all universe children. And all these more personal traits of the divine parent can be better understood by observing them as they were revealed in the bestowal life of Michael, your local universe creator, while incarnated on Urantia. The divine parent loves all creatures. The eternal spirit serves all creatures. The infinite mind inspires the children of the universe to the ever-ascending adventure of finding their creator by the ways ordained by the eternal spirit through the ministry of the grace of the infinite mind. The divine counselor assigned to the presentation of the revelation of the universal creator had continued with the original text of this statement of the attributes of deity.